The book of Romans chapter number eight. The book of Romans chapter number eight. How many people excited about the word? Excited about the word. Romans chapter number eight, starting at the first verse, reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Here's what it says. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. That's good stuff. Look at verse number five. Uh, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think. Everybody say think. think. Say it again. Think. think. One more time real loud. Think, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the spirit think. Everybody say think. 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 Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Think about things that please the spirit. So uh, it is my assignment to teach on the first Sunday of the new year, what do you think? What do you think? Would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us with the way we think. Amen. Hey, I brought a new dress. What do you think? Hey, this new song came out. I love it. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. Trump is president. What do you think? There are so many people that in this time that we're living in get to express what they think. We know more of people's thoughts through social media alone than we ever wanted to know in a lifetime. We now know the most random thoughts of the most random people on the most random days about the most random topics than we have ever seen in any time in human history. This is a culture of thought sharing. I must tell you what I think about this. I was watching the game. I must now tweet what I think about this game. 
I'm having the best salmon I've ever eaten. I must now take a picture and tell you what I think about this tasty, delicious, lemon-peppered salmon. Hashtag whatever, I must tell you what I think about my hashtag. And if that hashtag is not enough, I will create a new one. Because you must know what I think. And what's interesting about thoughts is that they govern our lives. It's not just something that you are thinking But as we just read in scripture, there are thoughts that are going to dominate and subsequently control how you live your life. However you're living your life right now is a direct result of what you're thinking about. Whatever you're concerned about right now is a direct result of what you've been thinking about. The way you dress is a direct result of what you're thinking about. What you eat, where you go, everything starts with a thought. Now the caveat, as Stephen mentioned earlier about our kids, maybe they don't know what they're thinking. Because when I ask my kids when they do something completely ridiculous, Why did you do that? What were you thinking? I don't know. I'm eight. That's why you're my guardian, because I have no clue what I'm doing, and I won't until I'm 30. What are you thinking? So important is this question that Paul goes into great detail in the book of Romans just to investigate and make sure that your thought life is right. Because he understands that if if you let your sinful nature control you, it's going to be through the way that you think. But if you let the Holy Spirit control you, it's going to also be because the way that you think. So there's a definition that I want you to have. It should come up on the screen. It's the definition for control. Here's what it says. I I pulled these three definitions. I thought they were the best to fit our narrative. To exercise restraint or direction over, to dominate, to command, to hold in check. Thoughts lead to control, and they will hold you in check, or to curb, to eliminate or prevent the flourishing or spread of. Whatever you think is going to control you. Now, I want you to think about that in context of these definitions, that that if whatever you're thinking controls you, it could eliminate or cause to flourish whatever it is. What do you think? As we go into the new year, there's there's already a lot of thoughts that are forming. People have already started making resolutions. I think I'm going to get back in the gym. (laughs) I think uh, that I'm going to uh, do my finances in a different way. I think I might change uh, my career field. I think, I think, I think. But behind those thoughts, what is the motivation? Is it ambition? 
Is it pride? Is it low self-esteem? Or is it the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you to correct how you think? So there's three points that I want to give you, as you know. Uh, point number one, I want you to write this down. What do you think about you? It's funny that we have all of these thoughts uh, that people are sharing about what they think about others, what they think about what's going on in the world. But, but here's the question I want to ask today. What do you think about you? <laughs> How do you see yourself? Here's what it says in Romans chapter number three. I'm sorry, Romans chapter number 12, verse number three. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. And it's like Paul was writing it. I feel like I'm writing it. Don't think you are better than you really are. <laughs> Do a five week series on that. <laughs> Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Get this. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. OK, so 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 what do you think about you? Your thought about yourself cannot be outside of what God has done for you since coming into a relationship with him. Any thought that doesn't have that as its foundation is a thought that's going to cause you to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Here's where pride comes from. Not remembering where you came from. <laughs> hey, what's the source of pride? Uh, amnesia? <laughs> Selective amnesia. I've always been righteous. I love God and there's nothing wrong with me. It's got to be something wrong with you. Do you know all of the thoughts that we generate uh, uh, towards others would be sliced by 98.9% if you thought about you first, instead of thinking about what was done, think about how you're responding to what has been done, how you think about what's going on at the time. Don't 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 think of yourselves better than you ought to. But keep in remembrance the faith that you have. And that's the context that you should think about yourself from. Here's Romans chapter number five, verses one and two. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, underline that if that hasn't been underlined somewhere in your Bible before, uh, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, not, not because you're good, not because you have money or you have influence, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. What do you think about you? Here's a thought that you should have about yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Here's what you also should think about you. I am not righteous outside of Christ Jesus. Here's what you should think about you. Uh, I am wholly forgiven freed and delivered in Christ Jesus. Here's what you also think about you. I am none of those things outside of him. Amen. 
it's a great way to remind yourself that you're not better than anybody. Because the only reason why you are in good standing is because of your faith in God. Not because inherently you're good or you good, you do good things. And so we should be thinking about ourselves from the context that we have a relationship with God because of what Christ did on the cross. And it's finished. Can I give you a report? Whether you've been saved one minute or 100 years, you will never be more righteous than the first minute you gave your life to Jesus Christ. That is a position. That is not a condition. You have been positioned, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because by faith you have believed that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. You were righteous from that day forward. Well, I still have a lot of habits and I still have a lot of weird ways about me that are just uh, they're horrible. I'm still working on myself. That's fine. But just know you're righteous right now. You don't get more righteous -er. Well, I've been saved three years now, and I don't even talk back to people anymore. I'm now more saved. No, you're not. You'll never be more righteous than the day that you got saved. The day that you first believed in Jesus Christ, you were made righteous from that point to eternity. Now, you get better. You don't get more righteous, but you do get better. I can tell you after now almost uh, January 14th will be my... Uh, actually, my tw- my twenty first. Yeah, I'll be tw- I'll be twenty one years old. Uh, my spiritual birthday, and so I can tell you now, twenty one years later, I am not the guy I was twenty one years ago, B- because the-, the Holy Spirit has continued to deal with my thoughts. <laughs> but I was righteous from that day. I haven't become more righteous twenty one years later, but I've become better because I've submitted my thought life. Not, think about this, not just I stopped doing bad stuff. Because you can stop doing everything and still think about doing everything. <laughs> I don't go to the club anymore, but I sure do think about it a lot. <laughs> I don't get stone cold drunk anymore. But I do tell a lot of stories about the days back in the day, man. I was a partier. Oh, boy, I used to come home stoned and high and high and stoned. If it's up here, it's not out of here. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What do you think about you? So that's point number one. Point number two, write this down. Oh, boy. Oh, point number two. Come get us, point number two. Point number two, write this down. What do you think about sin? (laughs) Romans chapter number 13, starting at the 11th verse, says this. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like filthy clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. 
Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. <laughs> now, this is by no means a comprehensive list of things not to do, nor will I go on a movie roll of credits trying to tell you what is sin and what is not sin, because the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. I know people, uh, I was actually at a church service one, one, one day, and after the service, a group of people, and I mean a group, it was about seven uh, to nine of them, uh, walked up to me after the service and they said, hey, that sermon wasn't the gospel. And I said, I'm sorry. They said, no, that, that sermon wasn't the gospel because you didn't preach against sin. And so those salvations that came, people got saved at the service, okay? Dozens of people gave their life to Jesus Christ in the service. They said, those salvations, that, those, they're not really saved because you didn't preach against sin. And, I, and, and, and another thing, I don't, I, maybe you should just go to a comedy club. You were too funny. You, you just cracked jokes. You didn't preach the gospel. So I was like, oh, I love this. Uh, for some reason, I love tension, not like in a morbid kind of way. I don't look for drama, but I like to shoot elephants in the room. I just don't believe in leaving elephants alive to bring this much manure up to your waist because nobody's going to talk about it. Just, it's not there. No, it stinks. It is here. <laughs> Shoot that thing. 50 cal. Bow. So, so the guest, uh, the, the host church was trying to, you know, how they try to uh, scurry you away. Like, you've just preached. Get out of here. You, you know, um, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. This, I like this. They didn't like the message. This is fantastic. Go on. So they went on to tell me, yeah, uh, you didn't preach the word, and uh, uh, that, that's not the Bible, and, and you were too funny, and those, those salvations don't count because you didn't preach against sin. And I'm like, I, I, the whole, I said, hold on. They, and, and so they started listing, uh, and, and there's one guy, uh, he, he was so smart, he knew all the Bible. He, he had it all in his head, but not in his heart. He could command more scripture than I could on my best day. And so he went down the list. It says here, boom, 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 boom. And you knew he was the leader because everybody was just kind of like, yeah, what he said. <laughs> We're with him. So I let him go because I love to let people talk before I kill him. So I just, <laughs> just go, get it all out. Let's go. So he just Tommy gun. So he just, and when he got done, I was like, okay, so let me get this straight. It's up to me to go through the litany of sins, the whole list, so that people will know they shouldn't do that. I said, you're giving me and you way too much credit. I said, if every message I had to go through every list of sin, inevitably I'm going to leave something out that someone likes to do. Because if I have to list it, that means something's going to be omitted, and somebody's going to look at that list and be like, well, he didn't mention that, so I'm good. <laughs> they will get out on a technicality. I said, the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. And so if I preach the good news of the gospel, 
about how you can be in right standing with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will come in and be like, you don't need to do that, 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 and that anymore. And guess what? It saves us to deliver the hope so the Holy Spirit can do the rest. So I said, listen, you know what? I said, listen, guys, you know what? The enemy would love for us to be divided over this. Here's the bottom line. You are passionate about seeing souls saved, and you have one way that you like to see that done. I am also passionate about seeing souls saved, and I have another way of letting that be done. Let's not have division because of the ways we would approach it. You would tell everybody they're going to hell. I would just like to tell them they're going to heaven. We're basically saying the same thing. You're just using a different H. <laughs> I choose the heaven one. You choose the hell one, okay? So I said, you know what? Let, let's squash all of that. Let's pray before we leave. The leader did just like this. I'm not praying. And the other ones at that point were like, oh, God, we never, this never happened. Nobody ever wanted to pray. They just wanted the debate. So they were like, do we pray? So I just started praying, and he never joined the prayer. Well, that let me know more that was in his heart from that action than anything else that he said. So I'm not here to give you a comprehensive list of things not to do. I just want you to pay attention to what the scripture says. That you should not be thinking about ways to fulfill evil or lustful desires. I don't have to tell you what those are. You already know. <laughs> if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's on the inside going, don't, don't, mm -mm, don't do that. Don't look at, don't look at that. Don't look, don't look at that. Why are you looking at that? Why are we looking at this? You do know we're, we're both looking at this. And you do know that I still love you even though you're looking at this, but you won't love you. You do know that you won't become unrighteous for looking at this, but you will feel condemnation and guilt and the enemy will have a field day in your life because you're watching this. You do know that this thought is the wrong thought to have towards anybody in your family. You do know that carrying hate in your heart or bitterness in your heart will, will, will disconnect you from vibrant relationships. You know holding that grudge is only killing you. Well, they haven't apologized yet. It's not about them, it's about you. Do you what do you think? <laughs> they should apologize or you should get over it? Don't think about these ways to satisfy your evil desires. So, so, so what do you think about sin? Here's what you should think about sin. That you don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> and that I want the Holy Spirit in my life to dominate and control my thought life and bring up every single thing. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit plays zone defense in my, in my head. I mean, old school basketball. <laughs> Block that. Don't think that. Let me tell you something. The <laughs> Is anybody beside me? Like, sometimes I'm like, do you ever, I mean, you can, I'm, 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 I'm trying the best I can. I can't even, I can't even have a thought. Nope. Because according to James chapter 1, that thought is going to turn into a sin baby. 
Let me read it to you so you won't think I'm... Because I, I lost like three people with Sin Baby. They're taking notes. They're like, Sin, sin Babies? What is this? Who is this guy? Let me read it to you. This is not, probably won't pop up because I didn't... I just thought about it right this minute. James chapter number one. Uh, at the uh, 12th verse, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Uh, afterward, they will receive the crown of life. And remember, verse 13, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desire, which entices us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. There's your sin babies, okay? I just wanted to make sure y'all knew I was in the Bible. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. There's your sin baby again, okay? So what do you think about sin? You should be thinking that you don't want any part of it. So, so, and I'm not here to make you make a resolution, but I will not sin again. I love what Paul says, just to make sure everybody has context. He says, let me tell you something about your sinful nature. It has always been hostile towards God, and it always will be. So let me tell you something. If you struggle, you're alive. There's some people that feel like if they struggle with a certain area of their life, then they must not have victory in that area. You do have victory, but this don't give up easy. This is worse than Jason from Halloween. Cut his head off. Yay! Credits go. Jason, Halloween the 15th. What? He has his head in his hand. He came back with it. Your sinful nature is always going to be hostile towards God. This will never want to agree with the kingdom. It just won't want to do it. So you'll forgive and you'll be like, I'm over it. And then it'll come back and jab you like, I thought I was over it. You are, but this isn't. And that's why the thoughts have to be in Jesus Christ, governed by the Holy Spirit, so you don't get off on a trail that leads to you fulfilling your sinful desires. So what do you think about sin? You should think you should want to be away from it. Okay? Point number three, write this down. What do you think about most? <laughs> what do you think about most. I only need to sit down with somebody for 10 or 15 minutes in certain situations to ascertain what they think about the most. If you sit down with me for an hour, you'll find out I think about God, Juliet, my kids, and video games. <laughs> That's what I think about the most. I was telling uh, Rory in the back before he came out, I said, I think I played so many, video, so many hours of video games this week, it was on the borderline of something wrong. <laughs> like, close to repenting. <laughs> My last week of vacation, I didn't go to sleep till like 5, 6 o'clock every morning, just... Okay, and you're like, oh my goodness, who, who would do that? Well, that, that's just... That's, that's, that's my thing. I like playing video games. Some people golf and swim and whatever you do, but I like playing shoot 'em ups So, but if you sit down with me, you'll, you'll know that pretty quickly, because that's what I think about the most. 
It, it doesn't trump Juliet. It doesn't trump God by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, but those are the things I think about most. And, and here is a context that I want you to have uh, when it comes to what you think about most. One scripture, Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. My dear brothers and sisters, first weekend of the new year, first Sunday of the new year, I want to leave you with one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Now, let me just stop at that comma. There's only one thing that is true, and it's not a philosophy. It's not a denomination. It's not an ideology. It is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. He said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through me. So if you want to fix your thing on, the, on, on, on what is true, it's Christ. He's the truth. Fix your thoughts on the truth. So fix your thought on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So as I said in the beginning, we live in a culture that is dominating us with their thoughts. News media dominates you with thoughts. Movies dominate you with thoughts. As entertaining as they are, they are very, very subliminal and they can dominate the way you perceive your reality. Here's what Paul is saying in a moment of encouragement. Don't think about that the most. Think about what's true, beautiful, lovely, admirable. We live in a very, very cynical world. It'd be very easy to be distrusting and give a side eye to everybody and squint your eyes. I don't know. What do you mean? But I don't know what you're going to do. Here's what he's saying. Don't think about that the most. As much drama and chaos and murder and corruption and hatred and bigotry and injustice that's going on in the world, here's what we should be reminded of going into this year. Don't think about that the most. If you think about that the most, it will change the way you see the world that you're supposed to affect. There's nothing worse than sending and commissioning a born-again believer who's full of bad thoughts. It's such a bad representation of the kingdom for an unbeliever to meet a citizen of heaven who is cynical. Yeah, yeah, I I believe in Jesus. Oh, okay, oh my goodness. I I, I really don't believe. Where are you going to hell? Gasoline draws on. Yes, you are. (laughs) Bless God. What? Bless God after Well, I just don't, you you know, I'm saved, but I mean, (laughs) you can only push me so far. I mean, I used to have a rep back in the streets. You are 72. (laughs) That street ain't even there. It's it's been re-gentrified and turned, it's not even the name street name. They changed it already. What, what, What are you thinking about? It's the most ridiculous thing ever. What do you think about most? I think about January 14th, 1996, when God chose 
to let me in on the most amazing revelation of all time. That a young man who had been molested at the age of eight and been a porn addict at the age of 12 could come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and be in right standing with God the Father. And the only thing I had to do was believe it. I think about the fact that in 1998, I laid eyes on the most beautiful woman breathing on the planet, and that the Lord in his amazing grace convinced her to marry me. I think about a beautiful eight-year-old boy, a six-year-old boy named Nathan and Noah, who God's blessed me with, that give me more sermon material <laughs> than I could ever ask for in a lifetime. I think about the fact that I'm able to pastor, in my opinion, the greatest church in America. in one of the most racially diverse zip codes in the country, and that we could all come to this place as residents and citizens of the kingdom of heaven and have unity without thinking about ethnicity. I think about the fact that, though it might be a little bit overcast outside, I was able to drive myself here, get dressed by myself without the assistance of anybody else, that my parents are sitting on the front row, they live a mile away from me. <laughs> Think about the fact that my younger brother who died is actually in heaven and I will see him again. I think about the fact that in this last week, I was able to kill more people in my video game than I've ever done. <laughs> the whole year. I'm not ignoring all the other stuff. There were some New Year's revelers, and I believe instantly, Istanbul last night, that while they were bringing in the new year, a gunman dressed as Santa Claus opened fire, killed 35, and wounded 40. I'm not ignorant to the hatred and strife that is in our country, nor is it wishful thinking for me not to dwell on those things. What I'm telling you is, I don't think about that the most. I want answers to division. I want answers to corruption. I want to be a part of that type of change, but it will not consume what I think about. I will spend my time thinking this year and every year as God helps me on things that are true, pure, honorable, admirable, and giving God glory that in a world that seems to be getting increasingly more dark, 
that I can still see the light. What do you think? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?